0: today's Press On podcast, I want to bring to you a continuation of us looking into the book of James. I have been uh, maybe not inundated, but I have really been uh, made aware of how many people are really suffering and struggling under uh, a diversity of trials right now. And the trials are too numerous to try to mention. I think it goes without saying in common sense— and perhaps even your own experience, would let you know that there are a multitude of trials and uh, troubles that have become uh, very evident in our days, uh, and, and not really even speaking of the COVID thing. Uh, beyond that, the Bible says that uh, in the world you will have tribulation. It's a known fact that the war, living and living in this world has that issue. But what is concerning me is to find how many people, uh, especially believers— Uh, are not only struggling, but frankly, they're failing. Uh, How many people are falling to the wayside? How many people are finding themselves just completely engulfed with fear, doubt, and unbelief? And of course, we know we're living in a postmodern world where uh, Christianity is... um, Uh, at least is being portrayed as being irrelevant. Churches, uh, irrelevant. The Word of God is uh, not uh, inspired. It's not God-breathed. It's not authoritative. Uh, We know that many churches have gone by the wayside by following false doctrines, and uh, as Paul said in the book of Galatians, coming up with a false Jesus. uh, This uh, widespread Um, uh, movement, and I I say that word specifically, I think it is a movement of wickedness that has invaded the church that says that everything of God and Christ and the world, the uh, the Word and the Holy Spirit, is really irrelevant. It's antiquated. And what's finding uh, is that people are beginning to question everything, so church attendance is down. The pulpit has gotten softer than ever. Uh, the courage of believers is waning, and I want to combat that today by inviting you to join with me into the book of James. Now, James is the elder. Uh, I'm sorry, James is the half brother of Jesus, and uh, if you read your Bible in the book of Acts, you'll find that he came to Christ uh, and. Uh, as Savior, and he believed him to be the Messiah, and James became uh, the leader of the Jerusalem Church Council, and he writes this book as a very practical man, speaking to practical people in practical situations, and therefore, he gives them very practical advice. And uh, on a previous podcast, I, I brought the book of James to your attention by stating that uh, he, he begins chapter 1 talking about how, as believers, we can actually profit, uh, gain benefits from the trials that we encounter in our life. James is writing this, as it says in James chapter 1, verse 1, to the 12 tribes of Israel that have been scattered abroad. They were under Roman rule. Christ had died. This is approximately 15 years or so uh, after the death of Christ. And the believers from Jerusalem had been scattered abroad all over the region and had suffered tremendous persecution, uh, encountered multiple oppositions, not to speak of the fact that they also were being uh, uh, found dwelling in different cultures, uh, culture shock, culture change, uh, looked down upon as uh, uh, migrants in that, in that day. Uh, and he writes to them. And begins in chapter 1 to say, look, you can profit from every trial that comes into your life. Now, this is not a series, but it is, in my mind, something that I call a journey with James. Uh, I'm I'm all for Bible teaching and preaching, but my friends, if it isn't practically impacting your life, then I question what good is it? And, of course, uh, the Word of God is sharp and quick, and it cuts deep, and there's uh, divine intentions in it. And I think that this will really be a blessing to you. I want to share with you how to successfully overcome trials. So I want us to actually just read together here and find our way through part of chapter 1. Starting in verse 12, James writes, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I want you to see, first off, James still speaking in the context of trials. Now, don't misunderstand this book. Many people will say James is a book uh, dealing with trials. He touches on trials, but his main emphasis is upon faith. Paul preached faith that is required unto salvation. James is speaking that a salvation of God uh, brings forth a faith that births works. Not works to be saved, but works that are evidence of our salvation. And James says about these trials that we encounter, blessed. Now, that sounds like a paradox. How can we be blessed in the midst of trials? And you can say, well, my experience wouldn't support that fact. Well, uh, that's why God had James write this book, and it speaks to us because we have to have a change of thought, change of heart, and if we Uh, think differently according to God's Word, will behave and will live differently. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, we read earlier uh, where James said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The word trial and the word temptation in the Greek is the exact same word. But the word trial is speaking of the event, and the word temptation is speaking of the effect The event of trials in your life are going to produce an effect in your life. This is temptation. And he says, but when we've been found approved, then uh, we will receive the crown of life. Approved by who? Approved by God. My friends, when you're going in through trials, you don't have to worry or we shouldn't worry about what others think about us. But we should be concerned very much about what is God thinking about us? How are we behaving? What are we displaying in the midst of trials? How are we moving progressively through trials in order to not only profit, but to be found faithful, to be found successful in the midst of trials? And he says that uh, you will receive the crown of life. This is not speaking about salvation. This word crown, uh, literally, it's not the crown you would think of, a king that's made out of jewels and solid gold. This was a, a wreath. This was a uh, uh, in the Olympic Games back in the day in Greece. When they competed, the winner would receive a hand-woven Uh, wreath that would be put around the head, and it would be uh, considered the crown of victory. And this is what he's saying. And I think it's so important that we, especially as believers today, we read this, listen, trials are to bless you. And the trials, even though the effect is going to be temptations, and we're going to look at this, when you've come through successfully, and I want to emphasize that, successfully navigating through trials, God will approve you and give you a crown, the victor's crown. That means he fully intends. Can you say amen? He intends for you to defeat every trial, to go through those trials successfully, and he, he has promised uh, the victor's crown to everyone that loves him. Now he says, let no one say when he's tempted I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. That's a powerful verse there. Now, in the midst of successfully overcoming trials, James is writing practically to these believers, these, uh, uh, mess- these uh, Christian Jews who are scattered abroad, and he's saying to them, look, I know you're suffering. I know you're facing opposition. I know that... Um, Many things are against you, but one, I want you to know that you can be blessed in the midst of trials, and when you successfully navigate through those trials, God will approve you and give you the crown. But be careful. Here's temptation number one, the temptation to say that God is tempting me. And we not only, under the press of trials, say God is tempting me, what we sometimes begin to say is, why is God tempting me? why is God putting trials in my life? Why is God doing this to me? Uh, I thought God was a loving God. How can a loving God uh, uh, perform or permit these uh, terrible things to come into my life, painful things? We don't deny the fact that trials can be exceedingly difficult, uh, extraordinarily uh, painful, and can cost us tremendously. But— the perspective that James is saying here is this. We have to see it through God's eyes. Don't say, don't say, why, God? Don't, don't begin to accuse God. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Satan is the one that will play upon our flesh and get us to say things and to believe that God is not good that God is the one doing this, James counters that and says, do not say I'm tempted by God, because the reality is God himself cannot be tempted uh, by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And this is the difference. Someone will ask me, uh, does God try try us? Do we go through trials that God has initiated? And the answer is, predominantly in the Old Testament it was true, but in the New Testament, in Christ— I find this, we always have the world, the flesh, and the devil. We have the world, we have ourselves, and we have the devil. Now, the world and the devil, when they prevent, uh, present trials and tribulations into our lives and we encounter those, I'll say to you clearly, those are meant for evil. They're meant to destroy your faith to shake, rattle, and roll over you and steamroll you into failure and disappointment, even to where many have cast away the faith. But the trials that come from God are always meant to improve us. And yet here we find that even trials, and the effect of those trials is temptation, God does not tempt us. He does not tempt you to defy him. He doesn't tempt you to disband and throw off your faith. God is actually taking every trial and turning it for your good. Remember, Romans says that all things work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his promise. Now, here's the challenge. Do you believe it? And this, I think, is is what's really happening. People in the midst of trial are beginning to accuse God to to not understand the perspective that we should have in our difficulties, and the result is they began to throw off faith. fear, doubt, and unbelief come in. James says, don't do that. God is not tempted by evil, and God does not tempt. He does not entice. He does not lure you into a place of temptation to do evil. God, God forbid that we believe that stuff. That we've got to say, that is a lie. That's a lie from Satan, and I don't believe it, and I'm not going to embrace it. I'm going to go forward with this. Now, verse 14, he does give us a very sobering truth here. But each one is tempted, lured, uh, drawn away, uh, when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So, James is writing to these believers and saying, look, don't go around... Certainly don't go around blaming God for your trials. Don't let uh, fear and doubt, anger, don't let frustration and uh, a measure of uh, mystery of your trials cause you to raise your fist at God and to look to heaven and to say, why, and you're not this and you're not that. Do not say to God. But also, believers, we cannot go around laying blame to every devil and demon and just casting it as, uh, on the world as if we have no responsibility in the matter. James writes to these believers, to us, and says, Look, the reality is that each one of us, when we are tempted, when we're going through trials, the effect of that trial upon us is to cause us to, to be tempted to say to God and to cast off our own responsibility. We say we are, not, we are not morally obligated. We have no responsibility in this thing. This thing came to me. I'm an innocent party. I'm the victim. My friend, we have to, got to throw that nonsense off. James says temptations come when we ourselves in our flesh, in our natural man, are lured, enticed away from God and into a place of saying that we uh, are uh, not responsible No, we have to say we are responsible. He goes on to say that when our lust, our desires, have conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin full grown brings forth death. This is a a pattern and a process that happens. The the trial, the temptation, and our lust, our desires, our our misconceptions— our preconceptions, our traditions, and we begin to accuse God, we sin, and then sin continues to develop in us to where it strips you of every spiritual power, and it ultimately can bring death. As I've said, many have cast away their faith. Many at this time, not just because of COVID, my goodness, there's a multitude of trials that have uh, come upon us, and my friend, uh, my belief in the Word of God is it's going to get worse. Oh, I know, People don't want to hear that, but there's a few that, according to God's Word, will hear it and know. These believers, when Christ was there and the church was birthed, they probably didn't believe and couldn't conceive what was soon coming down the road to them, that they would literally be taken from their land or have to leave their land, run for their lives uh, from the Roman rule, and try to serve God in a foreign—they weren't expecting that either. And uh, But he says here that we have to have the perspective. Now, verse 16 is so important. In the midst of trials where temptations are there, James is writing to them to say, look, don't forget, these trials are a time of God's blessings for you. And if you will go through with faith, remain faithful, remain trusting God, but if you give way to the lust of your flesh, if you begin to allow the enemy's words into your ears, and you let fear, doubt, and unbelief take hold of you, he says here, do not be deceived. There is a deception that is working in many believers today, unfortunately, that is stripping them of every God given success because the trial has blinded them because uh, of the things that I've shared. James says, don't be deceived. Now, he wraps this up in a very positive statement. That's why I'm not talking today about um, difficulty of trials. I'm not talking about um, whatever. I'm trying to bring to you today how God's design for trials in our lives are that we successfully overcome those trials. He counters this uh, uh, temptation to blame God and not take personal responsibility for our sins by saying in chapter 1, verse 17, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from God above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation uh, or shadow of turning. And of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his uh, creatures. James writes, yes, The events of trials, the effect of temptations, the inclination of us to uh, turn away from God, to accuse God, say to God. He says, look, how do you counter that? You counter it by knowing that every good and perfect gift comes down from God. He is a good God. He's a father of lights. That means there's no darkness, no shadows, no compromise, no trickery. Uh, He is uh, bright. He's telling you exactly how it is that Every trial that you're in right now, God can turn into, into victory. Every trial, every temptation, you can be successful. No uh, temptation has taken unto man by which God has not made a way of escape. And the way of escape is to say, God, you are who you are, and you will always do what you do. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. even if it involves suffering, even if it, it involves loss, because in the end, I know that you will approve me. You will approve me because of the person of Christ in my life, the working of God's Holy Spirit in my life. Father, I declare today in the midst of my problems, in the midst of overwhelming odds against me, things that I don't know, things that I can't understand, where the physical and emotional pain is seemingly unbearable. Your word declares that you are good, and that you are light, and there's no compromise. There's no trickery. You are faithful and true, and you're going to bring me through this, and not just survive, but you're going to cause me to thrive. I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be approved, and I'll have the crown of life. This is God. Because of his own will, his own desires, he brought us into Salvation through Jesus Christ, the word of truth. He didn't bring you into Christ in salvation just to let trials and tribulations uh, cause you to throw off faith and be found uh, uh, outcast in, uh, in sin and, and, and lost for eternity. My friend, he desired, he saved you. He's saving you today. The afflictions, uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the word says he brings us through victorious every one. Every one. Today, don't be a victim, be a victor. How? By declaring God is who he is. God is what he says he, he is. He does what he does, and we're going to, like James is saying, uh, extend faith in God no matter what. Even though your faith is being tried like fire, it'll come out pure, acceptable, and you, my friend, are approved of God. That's what James is saying. God willing, I want to continue this uh, successfully overcoming trials uh, in the next podcast because there's uh, two other temptations that I want to bring to our attention so that as these things come, we'll see them, we'll recognize them, and know how to overcome them. So thank you for joining me, and God bless you.